to Inside the Admissions Office, your one-stop shop for expert advice on the smart way to get in. My name is Ellen, and in each episode, I'll bring you an interview with a former admissions officer, a graduate of a top college, or an admissions expert. These interviews will take you inside the admissions office. It will be full of behind-the-scenes knowledge, first-hand experiences, and application tips to help you get into your dream school. If you'd like to chat with one of these experts, you can sign up for a free consultation at the link in the description of this episode. Today, we'll hear from Lydia Mason, a former admissions reader and a graduate of NYU. Lydia and I will discuss the NYU admissions process and student experience. Hi, Lydia. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Well, so you have several degrees from NYU, so could you just start by telling us about your time there? I really enjoyed attending NYU. I think the thing that I enjoyed most is just how diverse it is as a person of color. It was really important for me that I could feel like I was going to be able to interact with a lot of different kinds of people um, and also see myself reflected not only in the students um, that I was attending college with, but also in the faculty. Um, And I think that I really found that at NYU. um, And it's not that I was just looking for students who look like myself, but that I was able to be around students from so many different countries, so many different backgrounds. And I think that it helped me to grow a lot. Um, And something that I really appreciated about NYU, especially in undergrad, is that it's not a traditional college experience. You are so integrated within the city. And I think that that helped me a lot in terms of maturing, because rather than feeling like I was in an isolated campus where I had kind of that really in-between experience between adolescence and adulthood, I was in some ways kind of thrown into that experience immediately in college. I was in an apartment style dorm. Um, As soon as I walked out of the side of my dorm room, I was in New York City. I wasn't on a college campus per se. I was surrounded by all sorts of people who were going to their jobs and doing all sorts of things. So I really enjoy it. It's a school that is truly in and of the city and of the world. And what did your role in the admissions office entail? So um, while I was at NYU, I worked in the admissions and advising office, and I really got involved in this because I was in undergrad selected for the Dean's Scholarship and the Presidential Honors Scholars Program. And so that really got my foot in the door to the role. So in that position, I was helping students make the transition from high school to college. And part of that was talking to students who were interested in prospectively applying to NYU helping them through the process, helping them learn more about NYU, and then also um, working with and interviewing applicants who were applying to NYU and potential candidates for our scholarship programs, and specifically students of color and students from the South. And what kind of students is NYU looking for? And then as a follow-up question, what kind of attributes can these students explore if they're trying to showcase school fit? Something that NYU is definitely looking for is the kind of student who is not afraid to take risks and advocate for what they believe in. NYU is a school that really values diversity and willingness to learn and be open to different kinds of perspectives. So like I kind of said with my experience being a student at NYU in the past, something that really shaped my experience is the fact that I wasn't having a traditional college experience. I was constantly being surrounded by different people, different cultures. I was not 
in a shelter sort of environment in any way. And so I would say NYU is really looking for that kind of student who wants to be exposed to different kinds of experiences, wants to take those risks, enjoys being in different environments, being around different kinds of people, has curiosity and intellectual curiosity, enjoys learning. I interviewed a former admissions officer from Columbia, and she had a very similar answer as far as just what the city means to the school and the students. And then what would you say makes NYU unique compared to other elite schools? Obviously, there's the major stuff like doesn't have a campus, is in such a big city, but are there other things people might not think of? I would say the biggest thing and also an attribute that NYU is incredibly proud of is how global we are. Um, I would say that NYU, more so than really any other college that I can think of, makes studying abroad incredibly easy. And the main reason that I say that is because at NYU, it's not just that study abroad is an option, but we actually have satellite campuses that you can attend. So rather than worrying about trying to kind of coordinate between another university in another country, you will still be attending an NYU campus just in another country on another continent, which I think is really nice because you don't have to worry about transferring credits from another school. You still kind of have that support that is really important when you're going to a place that you maybe haven't been before. So I would say if you're interested in applying to NYU, something that can really show that you've done your homework and that you understand what makes NYU unique is really talking about studying abroad if that's actually something that you're interested in doing because most schools cannot provide you that kind of experience where you can travel to almost <laughs> pretty much any major country that you can think of and do it so seamlessly. Um, and something we're also very proud of is that if you're studying on the NYU campus, almost every other campus will be the same cost or cheaper. So it really is as accessible as possible. And that's actually was my next question was that NYU does have three different campuses internationally. Well, the one in New York and then two internationally. Could you just help under students understand the differences between these and how they might choose which is best for them? So I would say that most students obviously choose to study at our New York campus, but Shanghai, I think the main focus there is a lot of students tend to choose that one if they're interested in something like business, for example. In contrast, a lot of students who tend to choose Abu Dhabi are interested in something like international relations. But I would say all of them are great choices. Abu Dhabi, um, if I remember correctly, I think is a little bit more competitive sometimes to get into in terms of just acceptance rate in comparison to New York. Um, but something that I would say is a common complaint sometimes that students have if they say that they are interested in all three campuses. Um, we do try and make sure that students get their first choice if possible. But if for some reason, let's say that you're not accepted to the New York campus and then you say that you're willing to go to Shanghai and you check that off, make sure that that is a location that you're ac actually interested in attending because if possible, we will try and get you on a campus. So if that's not a place that you're actually willing to attend, I would recommend that you don't mark it down because it's going to be very difficult to transfer from one location to another because these are three main campuses. It's not just a satellite where you would study abroad for one semester. This would be like your home base. But I think the main difference between all three is really just the cultural aspect and obviously the location because you can get a rigorous education at all three, 
but obviously being in New York City is very different than being in Abu Dhabi, which is very different than being in Shanghai. And then NYU has three different application rounds. Students can apply ED1, ED2, or regular decision. What are the pros and cons of these different rounds? And then how might students decide which is right for them? The main contrast is really between the two ED options and then regular decision. So I think with in comparison to most other elite schools or selective schools, ED is obviously going to give you an advantage in terms of admittance because you're making that commitment to attend no matter what. So ED, I think, is really for the students who know without a doubt that NYU is the school that they certainly want to attend. And NYU, whether we like it or not, is a school that is known for not always providing the most robust financial aid. So I think that that's something that is definitely important to take into account because you are making that commitment to attend. So ED1, I think, is if you one are in the financial position to accept whatever whatever financial aid package you receive and you know that this is the school that is your top choice. Regular decision is the option that I would recommend to most students because you don't have to make that commitment to go no matter what, but you still obviously are being given full consideration and if you have the academics that are on par with the average student that is admitted there, I think that that is generally the best choice. However, applying ED can give you that advantage, obviously, of having a little bit more demonstrated interest, you're making that commitment. ED2, I think, is mainly for students who, I would recommend that for students who applied ED to another school, didn't get in, and then now are open to making this their alternate school that they're willing to give um, the full commitment to. ED, whether you're doing ED1 or ED2, is still going to give you that advantage, but I would say that ED1 is a little bit more of an advantage than ED2 is, just based on the fact that your application is being looked at at the same time as their regular decision students, so they've already admitted a certain amount of students, so there's not as many spaces as when we compare it to that ED1 pool. Yeah, we, as a company, we recently finished our big like data analysis for the most recent admission cycle. And one of the major trends is that these elite schools are having an increasing number of their students coming in through the early rounds. So definitely it's getting more competitive for regular decision. My next question for you is that NYU is still test optional. So how can students consider whether or not they should be submitting their test scores if they're kind of unsure? So I would say Something to keep in mind is just as an admissions officer, when you're looking at a student's application, whatever it is you submit, we can't pretend that it's not there, right? So if there is something in your application that you think is going to possibly be a red flag, a yellow flag, a potential weakness that takes away from the other parts of your application, then you should give pause when considering to submit that. Because it's a lot easier for us to just look at a really strong transcript and strong AP scores and not know, for example, what your SAT score is, than for us to look at your really strong transcript, really strong AP scores, and then a weak SAT score. Because once we see it, we can't not take that into consideration. So that's usually the advice that I would give to a student because you don't want to put yourself in a position where we're having to advocate for you and then convince the other people in the committee that they need to kind of overlook 
or maybe play down the impact of a weak SAT or weak ACT score. Um, at the end of the day, standardized tests are not the end-all be-all of an application decision or admissions decision, but it is still a factor. And so there may be some concern as to why you didn't do so well. So don't feel as if not submitting a score means that your application is automatically going to be seen as weaker because especially in light of the pandemic, there are a lot of different reasons why people don't um, submit admission scores. So it doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to assume that your score must have been bad. Some students just did not get the opportunity these past few years to take the test at all or to properly prepare. And that's completely understandable. And also because we are test optional, we do not penalize students for not submitting a score. I've started encountering families where the student just doesn't take the SAT or ACT at all because they're kind of relying on test optional policies. Do you recommend that? Or do, would you recommend that students at least try to take the SAT, ACT? Yes, I always recommend to students that you at least try to take these standardized tests because you never know for some students, their standardized test scores are actually something that is an asset to their application and shows that they have, you know, competencies in maybe areas that we weren't necessarily expecting, or maybe their GPA or their AP scores are not as impressive as we would necessarily like. And then they take the SAT and it actually is better than they would have expected. So there's no harm in at least trying to take the test. If you've already taken it two or three times and it just doesn't seem like things are going your way, then you can have the conversation about whether you want to make that choice to actually submit the scores. But I would not recommend just choosing not to take it all together because you never know what can happen in terms of the other factors of your application. Sometimes you want to provide a little bit more context and submitting those scores can do that. In addition to being test optional, NYU also has a very flexible testing policy. So they say that students can submit their ACT or their SAT, but they could also instead submit their IB diploma or three SAT subject tests or three AP exam scores or three IB high, higher level exam scores or their A-levels. How should students decide if this is the right opportunity for them? So I, I really like that policy because I think it allows students to show their excellence in a lot of different ways. And we were doing this even before the pandemic and before test optional became a more common thing. And what I really like about this is that, you know, sometimes students don't do so well on the ACT or SAT for a variety of reasons. So having the option to submit an IB diploma, to submit subject tests or AP exams, I think allows a student to show that they can test well. Um, and I think especially with subject tests and AP exams, being able to submit those allows you to specifically show competency in specific subjects or disciplines. So let's say that you're, for example, um, someone who is applying to for engineering, for example, being able to submit something in maybe physics and then calculus BC and then biology or something like that can help to really strengthen that point that you're trying to make that you are competent in those subjects while also kind of holding the place for those standardized tests because maybe you didn't do so well on the SAT in math and science, but you can demonstrate that competency in another way without going without submitting those scores at all. Moving on to the admissions process itself, um, when you're considering an application and an applicant, what is your actual process of reading through that application? Basically the way that it works is, I'd say probably similar to most other schools, you have a reader who is initially assigned to the student, 
And the first thing that you do is you look through, I'd say normally the way that it would start is looking at the student's transcript. One of the main things that we look for on that first read is the rigor of the courses that you're taking. I think a common misconception that students have is that if they just get the GPA that they want or a 4.0, then that means that they are a strong contender. But something that NYU is really looking for is not just the strong GPA, but actually having um, the courses that are challenging them and that are preparing them for the kind of courses that they're going to actually be taking in college. So we'll first look at the academic side, transcripts, test scores, if they're submitted and things like that. And then once that's done, we look at the supplemental things, like what kinds of activities are you involved in, letters of recommendation and essays. Once that's done, you're kind of evaluated. We give a rough idea of what kind of bucket you may fall into, likely to be admitted somewhere on the fence, likely to not be admitted or almost definitely not going to be admitted. And so from there, um, another reader will likely go through your application. And then once these students have sort of been categorized into these different buckets, we have a conversation as a group about what decision we're going to make. And does NYU track demonstrated interest? Yes, it does. So things like something as small as engaging with social media on a regular basis, coming to tours, contacting admissions officers or the admissions office in general to ask questions, all those different kinds of things are considered in your application. Do you often find any misconceptions just about NYU in general as a student or about the application process to NYU? So I would say the biggest misconception that students make, and I think some of that may actually come from the name of our school, New York University, is a lot of students have a tendency to conflate New York University with New York City. I think that's understandable because New York University is very proud of its location being situated in the heart of lower Manhattan. There are a lot of perks to being in New York City, but just because you want to be in New York City does not mean that New York University is the school for you. So a common mistake or cliche that students tend to do that it's kind of a turnoff for admissions officers is for them to center their YMYU essay around how badly they want to be in New York City or how much they love New York. And the thing is, as you mentioned earlier in our conversation, Columbia is also a very prestigious university that is located in New York City. There are other schools like Pace and Fordham and a number of other schools that are in New York City. All of them have that same attribute that they can offer to a student. So we're not interested so much in hearing about why you want to be in the city that we're located in. We want to hear why you want to attend our specific school in comparison to a school like Columbia, Fordham, Pace, or you know any of the CUNY schools, for example. Looking at the application itself, are there major mistakes that you would often find applicants making? Um, so I would say that's probably the, the, the main one is talking too much about New York City. Um, another one that I think could really happen at any other school also is just students not proofreading their, their essays very closely, mentioning other schools, things like that, writing about Columbia rather than NYU, or just not really being specific and talking about specific things that NYU has to offer. So if you're, it's clear that you didn't do your research and things like that, that, that can definitely be a major mistake. I have the YNYU supplemental essay in front of me, so I'm going to go ahead and read it. 
We would like to know more about your interest in NYU. What motivates you to apply to NYU? Why have you applied or expressed interest in a particular campus, school, college, program, or an area of study? If you've applied to more than one, please also tell us why you're interested in these additional areas of study or campuses. We want to understand why NYU, and students need to answer this in 400 words. So what does a successful response look like? And then what are some more like common mistakes, pitfalls, et cetera? So I think the most important thing that students can do to respond to that successfully is to do as much research as possible about NYU and what it has to offer. So for example, looking up the research opportunities that we offer, if that's something that you're interested in. For our engineering program, for example, we have different kinds of labs that students have access to. Talking about those really specific things, researching the professors that we have at our campus, that's also something that we're incredibly proud of. For pretty much every college at our school, we have really widely acclaimed professors that are incredibly well-known in our field. For example, we had Spike Lee as a professor, just as one example. So being familiar with those kinds of things um, is really important. Something that I like to tell students is think of this essay almost as a first date, kind of, um, where you're trying to get a person to not only get to know you, but also for you to show that you actually are interested in listening to what that person says and what they have to offer. So if you're only talking about yourself, if you're only kind of talking about things that that person may be kind of related to, like, oh, you have a really cool friend, but I'm not interested in you, then that's not going to make that person really feel interested. Um, appreciated and like you're interested in them. So we want to, you to demonstrate that you have really taken the steps to get to know who we are on a deeper level beyond just New York City, and that you're familiar with all the things that we have to offer. And you've already taken the time to really think about how they connect to you, your interests, as well as your personality and goals. That's a really good analogy. I like that a lot. And then how can students emphasize school fit outside of their supplemental essays? Are there opportunities on like the activities list, other aspects of the application? Something, so for me, um, especially um, with the Presidential Honor Scholars Program, something that we're looking for with that, since it's a more selective program within an already selective school, is we're looking for students who have shown a demonstrated interest in research. Um, and so then all we can get you into the program, we also look at for that as a factor for our Dean scholarships. Or if you're interested in the MLK scholars, those are students who have shown a demonstrated interest in advocacy and activism. So these are not only things that are a factor in our scholarships, but they're also really big things that we care about as a university. So if you're trying to emphasize school fit outside of your essays, having activities that show that you're interested in doing research that show that you're interested in advocacy, um, helping your community, serving your community in some sort of way can really show an alignment with our school's values as well as the opportunities that we offer here. When reviewing applications, did you ever find common mistakes that were just specific generally to the Common App on like the personal statement activities lists, just things they were like, oh no, I wish you hadn't done that? I think a really major mistake that students make that may not seem very obvious is not taking full advantage of each part of the application. So sometimes, for example, a student will spend their entire personal statement talking about things that I could have already kind of inferred from their activities list and their letters of recommendation or their transcript. So you don't want to spend your entire essay 
just listing off all of the accomplishments that you've had in your high school career. Because as an admissions officer, I've already looked through those things by the time I'm looking at your essay. So if all you're doing is just telling me all the things that you've done, you've really wasted that opportunity for you to show me who you are as a person. So don't be afraid to show some personality, show who you are. Another common mistake that I notice is sometimes students playing it a little bit too safe. And you can tell that they're just trying to kind of portray a certain persona to the admissions officer. So what I mean by that is don't feel like you have to come across as some 30-year-old academic who has already achieved everything that they're meant to achieve. We know that you are a 17, 18-year-old student who is applying to college. So it's okay for you to sound like that. Obviously, you want to sound formal and professional, but a formal and professional teenager, not a formal and professional 30-year-old, 40-year-old person. And also, don't be afraid to show some things maybe that you've had to overcome or lessons that you've learned. That's something that allows us to kind of see you as a real person for you to humanize yourself. And if possible, if you can be lighthearted, make a few jokes, those are really ways for you to stand out. Because from our perspective, admissions officers are reading through so many essays every single year. There are only so many ways that you can stand out. So the more personality that you can show, the better. Don't be afraid to be a little unorthodox when you're writing those essays. Regarding the letters of recommendation, were there specific attributes that made them like very successful that really helped like swing in favor of a candidate? I think the most important thing is when a teacher can really speak about a student beyond just their academic capability, that really says a lot to me because most students who are applying to these highly selective schools are great students and their teachers will attest to the fact that they are great students. But what is going to really make you stand out is when a teacher can talk about how great they were in class, how they brought a sense of levity to the class, or how they always brought up a point that other people hadn't considered, or how they noticed the student had a genuine passion for the success of their peers in the classroom, and how they would stay after to tutor their classmates and make sure that they were all successful on the exam that was coming up. Or you know, a student having the motivation to notice when maybe something could be improved within their school. Those are the kinds of letters of recommendation that can really resonate with a admissions officer, because now we're getting to see a better picture of who you are as a person, not just as a student. Do you have insight and advice that's like specific to international students? I know NYU has a big population of international students. Although I didn't read as many um, applications from international students, I would say something that is really important for international students is kind of similar to um, domestic students, which is really just an openness and interest and in learning about other countries um, and broadening their horizons. I would say that that's something that is really important. Um, and also, if possible, if they've already taken advantage of those kinds of things in some way, that may be through travel, that may be through volunteering with groups that help refugees or something like that, um, but really just showing a dedication to being a multicultural person and being involved with people who are different than themselves. And then the same question, but for transfer applicants, do you have specific insight for them? So I would say for transfer applicants, what's really important when applying to NYU is explaining in as much depth as possible 
why NYU and why NYU now? I think for transfer applicants, what we understand that for some students or many students, the reason that they're transferring, at least to some extent, is possibly because they want to go to a school that is a little bit more selective, a little bit more prestigious, and that's understandable. But a red flag can be when it seems that that's the only reason that the student wants to apply to that school. So it's really important that you can, similar to someone who is applying to NYU for the first time and isn't coming from another university, is that you can really explain why you want to go to NYU specifically. And part of that is explaining why maybe your current school isn't the best fit, while still being able to demonstrate that you've done as much as possible with the situation that you're in. So let's say that maybe you're a student who is currently attending a state school and you already know that it can't provide you the resources that you maybe ideally want. We would be looking for you to be able to demonstrate that you have been a leader on your campus, that you have found ways to kind of overcome the obstacles that you may have faced while attending that school or the lack of resources. But you also understand why NYU specifically would be a better fit for you and the goals that you have, not just it's more prestigious so I will feel better about myself because that would be a better school on paper. You've mentioned some of the scholarship programs and obviously you've been, you've taken part of them both as a participant and somebody like mentoring students, reviewing applications. How would you recommend students make themselves competitive for these scholarships? You mentioned some of them are like very specific to traits like advocacy. So is it kind of like extracurriculars, community engagement? NYU does not have a separate scholarship application. So you're really trying to make yourself stand out for these scholarships in your application to the university. And so as I kind of mentioned earlier, one way is to show demonstrated interest in things like advocacy. So some of the students who have gotten, for example, the MLK scholarship at NYU are students who were really involved in, for example, their Black student union in high school. And so they after the killing of George Floyd, for example, organized a protest in response and organized people within their community to do mutual aid or something like that. Or in light of COVID-19, we're making masks for people and volunteering at local hospitals or retirement communities and things like that. So someone who is able to see an ale in their community and is not afraid to be the leader and take initiative to try and solve it. So that would be a way that you could stand out, for example, for the MLK scholarship. I would say for something like the Dean scholarship, it's a more academically focused scholarship, but it goes beyond just being a strong student. It's also, like I said, being someone who has a genuine interest in doing research. So what you could stand out for that is not only having strong test scores and strong uh, rigor for your courses and doing well in them, but also, if possible, getting involved with research sooner rather than later. And beyond that, doing presentations. So that may mean getting papers published or competing in different kinds of research fairs, science fairs, and presenting that research. Um, some of the students who have gotten it have competed, for example, at ISEF or even local science fairs and completed research that way. And they also mention that in their application. So in their why NYU essay, they're talking about why they want to go to NYU and that they appreciate how much, how many opportunities NYU has for doing research. Or if they're maybe a better candidate for the MLK scholarship, 
they talk about how they think MYU would be a really great opportunity for them to kind of advance their activism or dedication to advocacy for XYZ reason. Do you have additional words of wisdom, words of insight that you'd like to share with applicants or their families? I would say the most important thing when applying to NYU or any university is to truly be yourself. I think the most authentic applications that admissions officers see are ones where you can tell that the student was never trying to force themselves to be anything. Um, they were just always trying to pursue the thing that felt most authentic to themselves at that time. And then in reflection, when they look back, they can kind of see the puzzle pieces coming together. I think the students that really struggle when they're coming up with their applications or putting their applications together are students who were always involved in activities that they thought would look good on a resume. Because when they get to the point where they're actually writing their application essays and putting their application together, they struggle to kind of explain the real motor or motivation behind those decisions because it was always just, I was trying to get into a top school. In comparison, the students who often get our scholarships or get admittance to NYU are students who have a story to tell for why they're passionate about what they're passionate about. So that may be, for example, for the MLK scholarship, we had like a student who was indigenous and talked about how they were living on a Native American reservation. And they saw every day the things that their people were going through because of their ethnicity. And they took the initiative and they took the pain that they were dealing with within their community to do something about it. And that's such an authentic story that would really, really resonate with admissions officers and also just is impactful and means a lot and stands out in the sea of essays that can sound so similar to one another. So just be authentic to yourself and let the story unfold. It doesn't always have to be something that is constantly determined by whether or not you think it will be good on an application. Because sometimes the thing, the best essays that have been read, at least in my opinion, are things that you wouldn't necessarily think would get you into a college, but because you're not just doing things or writing about things for the purpose of getting accepted, it stands out a lot more. so much for joining us today, Lydia. I'm sure our listeners appreciate your insight into admissions at NYU. For more information, check out our blog linked in the episode description. If you have any questions or would like to request a topic for a future episode, go ahead and give us a follow and send us a message on social media with the hashtag Inside Admissions. That's all for now. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll join me next time as we continue our journey inside the admissions office.